Good day to you fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. My message this morning is titled, Are You Hungry? <laughs> Got a different response from this 11 o'clock crowd. It kind of makes more sense that you would say that. Some of you were alive to have heard this. When I jog your memory, you will you will recognize this story. It happened in 1988. How many of you were born and alert before 1988? Okay, so a few of you. Richie, you're not going to get this one, buddy. Sorry about your luck. You were born before 88, but... You must have been like four, two. Okay, so no chance. The world watched as three gray whales were icebound off of Point Barrow, Alaska. Uh, they floated, battered and bloody, gasping for breath at a hole in the ice. Now you can YouTube this. This is a real story. You can, but the video is just too long for me to use for this message. Yes, it is real. Um, and and so what happened was their only hope was to find these breathing holes that were created by mankind and machinery to lead them five miles to the ice, the broken ice, to where the point was that they would be under, out from under ice. I don't remember the whole story, how they were discovered or any of that stuff. All I know is that there's video evidence that could show you that, you know, they cut holes in the ice so that the air, the uh, whales would f- follow along. And basically, they had to cut the holes like 20 yards apart. And, and the whales would come up and surface in that new hole and they would cut another hole and they would come up and surface eventually in that hole. And along the way, unfortunately, one of the three ended up missing and, uh, supposedly died. Um, along the, so, but finally, with the help of a, uh, a Russian icebreaker, uh, the whales they named Putu and Siku swam to freedom. And I say that story to you this morning in a message titled, Are You Hungry? Because in a way, worship is a string of breathing holes that the Lord provides people. Your people. And the worship service, hopefully, that you just participated in, along with the preaching of the word now, 
Because you realize worship is not just singing. But it's God's provision in your life. So that like those whales that were trapped below the surface of the ice. They had to find a place to breathe fresh air. And and the worship service should provide for you a place that you can escape from the suffocation of the world and the pains of life and the struggles that everyone goes through. Because how many of you know everybody has trouble enough for their days? And you need a place where you can surface for a moment. And you need the sincere presence of a loving God. The real presence of God. It is why we stop. It is why we take time in worship. So that you can have a moment to breathe the fresh air of the presence of a living God. That He becomes a living reality for you. You get enough of the mess. If you're listening to news during the week and you're driving up to the gas pump and you see all of the things that are happening around you, you need a moment when you can come up for fresh air in Jesus. And so that's what we attempt to do every Sunday and every Wednesday with you. These whales, fortunately, cooperated and at least two of them made it to safety. And while your survival in Christ may not be that desperate, it's the passion and hunger in this story that grips me. I want to speak to you today about your hunger for God and the things of God. For until you develop a hunger for God, you'll only be sampling what was meant to be a full course meal every day of your life. Um, I want you to see these passages of Scripture. I'm going to begin with the Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 13. But I'm reading it from the Amplified Version. And then I'll take you to a Matthew passage. You can take notes. At least record the verse that, verses that you'll be given. I was away on vacation, people, so you don't have a PowerPoint. I'll read it from the, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it from this screen. Cause that screen has really tiny print. And while I think I can do it, I know I could do it. I'm just not gonna do it. So I'm turning my back on all of you. All has been heard. The end of the matter is, fear God. What does that mean? Amplified tells you, revere and worship Him, knowing that He is. And keep His commandments, for this is the whole of man. The full, original purpose of his creation, the object of God's providence, the root of character, the foundation of all 
happiness, the adjustment to all inharmonious circumstances and conditions under the sun, and the whole duty for every man. Counsel from the wisest man to walk the earth. All has been heard. He's summing it up, in other words. You've heard enough. Enough with the talk. The end of the matter is this. Fear God. For this is the whole of man. And the whole for every man. Take counsel in this word. Now I want you to look at this passage. Matthew 5 verse 6. You know this beatitude. And again though it's from the amplified version. Because it's, it's preachable. I could simply focus on this passage and preach from it. Matthew 5, 6 puts it this way. Blessed and fortunate and happy and spiritually prosperous. So I want you to get that. Because you're, you're used to the blessed and fortunate and happy and spiritually prosperous. You're used to the King James language in that passage. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. There's your King James for you. Blessed and fortunate and happy and spiritually prosperous in that state in which the born-again child of God enjoys his favor and salvation. Whose favor? God's favor and salvation. Are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What is righteousness? Uprightness and right standing with God. For they shall be completely satisfied. Hallelujah. Don't you like the feeling of being satisfied? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last Sunday. Smoked some ribs. Topped it off with salmon. Fell off the bone, that is the ribs, whenever we, it was time to eat. Had us a little surf and turf, if you will. I'll be talking about that in a moment. You'll also figure out that when I wrote this message, I was fasting. <laughs> how many of you, how many of you enjoy the sampler platters when you go to restaurants? Some of you, lift your hand, it's okay. It's okay, you're among good company. You enjoy the sampler platters, right? Uh, it, it seems that many of us want to sample God in a similar way. That's not a good thing in this case. And let me explain this to you. I'll call it sampling God when we call on Him or get serious with Him at certain times or specific moments or needs in our lives. We're God samplers. Have you ever noticed how spiritual people get when their only hope is God? How many of you were alive during 9-11? You remember what happened to America? You remember what happened the weekend after 9-11? Every church, in every hamlet, in every place, all over America was full of people. People get serious. They get real spiritual. 
when they realize their only hope is God. But all of us have had these struggles or are having these struggles. When, when we're stranded, when tragedy comes to our doorstep, when the car breaks down, we're hospitalized or Christmas, Easter, someone's born, someone dies. We're facing a job interview. We need God to come through. We can get real serious in those days, right? Pray and Fast, even, you'd never fast before, but now I'm fasting and I'm praying, I'm seeking God. And I wonder if you're sampling God or godliness. Have you fit God into a, this is going to sting a little bit, so hang in there. I'm going to bring you out at some point, I'm going to provide, I'm going to cut one of those holes in the ice pack of your Bound spiritual life. But it's going to sting. You're going to get a little bit of bruising on the way. Have you fit God into a neat little package that is appropriate for certain moments? Some of you young people. Is God only good enough to help you succeed in some program, be it athletic or theater or academics, is God only good enough at those moments? That's when you really pray. But I wonder, let me follow up that question. If that program or plan or thing you're pursuing, this applies to you adults as well. Because all of us, we have things in our lives. We have stuff in our lives. Are you willing to give up the thing if it gets in the way of you and God? I hesitate to say this because it it will appear as if I'm promoting myself. And, and I don't like doing that. But it is the truth. It is what happened. And so I'll describe it for you so it makes sense to you. But when I was in the 10th grade, I, I loved playing baseball. Softball, baseball, I loved playing it, and, and I was good. I had, uh, because of the size of my hands, I could throw a baseball, and I could throw a curve that would send you out of the batter's box and still be a strike. And, and I was good, hit, I was just, I was good at it, because we did it all the time. In our neighborhood, we was constantly playing and doing those things. And I joined the, the, team at our school and practices were going strong. I was doing very well in all of the departments. I also played shortstop and so it was it was a good time in my life. And then then came a Wednesday night and they had practice. And I remember going up to my coach and saying, Do we have practices on Wednesdays regular? He said, uh, yeah. I said, how about games? Are we going to have games on Wednesday night? He said, some, t- some Wednesday nights, yeah. And I was, I was, uh, 15 years old, maybe 16 at the time. I don't, 
I'm not sure because of birthday time frame. But I looked at that coach by myself and said to him, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to participate then in this if I have to be there on Wednesday because I'm in church on Wednesday nights. I didn't have my dad, didn't have my stepdad, didn't have my mom. I looked at him and said, I know where my life is headed. And I don't think baseball is going to be a part of it. So as much as I enjoy this and love my team, I'm, I'm going to walk away from this. And did that. Just walked away. Friends and stuff, they look, look like you're crazy. That's what I'm asking you about today. Are you hungry? Somebody give that child a snack. And I know one of, many of you adults want them too, but I'm sorry you're just being an adult today. Have you found yourself serving God when it's convenient? Or does God take a back seat to other activities for you? You see, that's the dividing line. Because when you're hungry, you'll do things to satisfy your hunger. I know I got all your attention right now. Because you're thinking about eating right now. And when you're hungry, you make preparation for that. Some of you, say, are thinking right now, how much money do I have in my pocket? Because I don't know if I can wait when I get home and I want to go through the preparation process. And if mama didn't get it going before we got home, now there's all of that. And You find yourself being spiritual around your peers only when it's appropriate by their standards. Sampler platters are designed for people who just can't make up their minds. That's why some of you Puerto Ricans and especially you order the paella. That's right. See my sister. She feels me now. Got a little bit of shrimp, a little bit of scallops, maybe some mussels floating around in all that fine juice, and some rice, but it's, if it's the high end, it's got lobster in there. Sausage with a little bit of zing to it, not just sausage, it's got a little, got a little zing to it. So, you, you know, they want to taste all of those flavors. And those of us who've been to the restaurants and you know that, that Red Lobster has a sampler platter. I don't know, it's got some title, King Sampler or something or other. You can get it roasted or you can get it fried. You know what I'm talking about now, but we can't make up our minds. I want a little this, I want a little that, and that. If we're doing that with Jesus, however, y'all have heard me say it before. There's an old gospel tune that's floated around, and I heard it a few years back. I had never heard it before that time. I love the tune. 
I need just a little more Jesus. I need a little more Jesus. And I'm singing it and I'm going, that's a great tune. It's horrible lyrics though. <laughs> Stop singing it. Even though I like the tune, I was, I ain't singing that song. I don't want a little more Jesus. I don't need a little more Jesus. I need all of Jesus. And this, this desire to just get a little bit, it speaks of little commitment, of wanting God for what He can do, but only when you need Him. If that's your case, that, that's based on, uh, your relationship with God is based on convenience, not passion. And anyone who has a marriage that's like that, that marriage is destined to be destroyed. If it's based on convenience, if your relationship with your spouse is based on convenience, you're going nowhere fast. But if it's rooted in passion, if it has the romantic side of, I just want to be with you, What did we sing? What was the last song we just sang? Thank you. Somebody was paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship you. When that, your relationship with Christ has that passion, you're going somewhere. You're going somewhere. You see, God prefers that instead of the sampler platter, you order the surf and turf. How many of you are still with me now? Oh, I'll explain it. I just talked to you about ribs and salmon. I told you that my brother's birthday is today. We're going to Outback today. Guess what pastor's going to have? There's going to be beef. And there will be shrimp. Probably of the coconut variety. Some of you have heard of surfing the net. You young people know how to surf the net, right? Out there seeking what you... And, you know... It's a living reality now. If I have a question now, I don't even ask other people. Hey, I say her name. I won't do it right now because she'll be alerted. And I didn't ask the question. I did it on this video that I'm talking about because I wanted to be sure that it could be located. And all I got to do is just say three wells stranded off of Alaska. And it'll pop up. So, you surf the net. Some of you, how many of you will be honest with the preacher this morning? You love having the remote control in your hand and you surf channels. Come on, lift that hand up high. Be willing. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and us. How many of you despise commercials and you'll... 
Soon as that comes on, you're on another one. Yeah, I hear you. I feel your pain too. I want you to look at this. Oh, before I go on, what does that imply? Channel surfing or surfing the net, you're seeking. You're after something. Kind of like hunger. You still with me? I want you to look at Psalm 24, verses 2 and 3. Here's verse 2. Psalm 24, verses 2 and 3. Verse 2 says, For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. Say surf with me. That's what that verse represents now. This is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. The whole chapter. But these two verses lead up to the one that's really, really good. Uh, When you get around verse 7. Yeah. 24 verse 7. Some of y'all know that one. Anyway, let's just stay where we're at. Verse 3. You see it there? All right. He he went back for me. Thank you, Japheth. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? That's terra firma. That's earth. The mountain of the Lord represents the turf. Still with me now? You saw it? The seas, ocean, surf. Now the mountain of the Lord, turf. You know where I'm headed. God is looking for a people who will seek him. Now look at Luke 11, verses 9 and 10 with me. Here it is, verse 9. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Here it is. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. Verse 10. For everyone, say everyone, Everyone. who asks, receives. Everyone, say everyone, Everyone. who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Do you know this is in red, in your red letter edition Bibles? Because it's actually Jesus speaking. To everyone who seeks, they will find. I'm asking you today, are you hungry? I mean, are you hungry for Jesus? Are you hungry for a good relationship with God? To surf implies you will seek. Colossians 3.1 says, seek those things which are above. That's not up there for you. Seek those things which are above. That is to seek after, chase after, desire after those things that represent God or godliness. And most of you know, Matthew 6.33 is a... Passionate favorite verse for me. Seek ye, the King James says, or seek first the kingdom 
of God and His righteousness or His right ways. And all of the things, all these things shall be added unto you to finish the verse properly for you. All of the things that surround your life, the things that encompass your life, they will be taken care of. But first, you must seek God. Now listen, you can go to a restaurant today and you can order food, but if you don't have the cashola, you ain't eating. Now, you could deceive them, do some of those funny things. You didn't learn this in church, but just jump up and leave before the check comes. Yeah, you may get away with that. But that's not godly, is it? Or godliness. In order to get something, you have to go after that thing, don't you? I was talking about baseball a moment ago. I didn't get good at baseball just because I showed up and decided to play one day. I didn't learn how to throw a curveball until somebody took the time to teach me how to throw a curveball. How do you put your fingers on the baseball so that when you throw it, and how do you use your hand and your arm to make it do what it has to do, which is spin that way. And there's a way you do that. It has to do with how you position. But I didn't learn how to do that in one setting, at one time, on one occasion. I figured out how to do it by spending day after day and time after time throwing that ball that way. Not to mention when you, you, you're getting a lesson in baseball. Curveball, slider, knuckleball. Help me out, guys. Spinner. Change up. Yeah, that knuckleball and the change up is very similar. Yeah, you, you gotta watch, do it, YouTube it sometime, cause you don't think it, you don't know what's happening. Just went to, Brother Robert blessed me by t- taking me to a, uh, professional game ball, sir, game, uh, two weeks ago. We went and saw the Phillies play the Braves. And they, they'll even tell you on the sign what the pitch was and how fast it went. They'll say curveball, spinner, uh, you know, and some of those things that you can have a ball. You can throw a ball so it goes like this and goes just like that. That's a sinker. And that's why it's titled that way because it comes in high and then it sinks right in front of them. And then you'll mess batters up They because they don't know what you're throwing. If you're a good pitcher, they don't know what you're throwing. And so they learn those things by time and time again, practicing. Those pitchers that throw 95, 97, over 100 mile an hour balls, that arm is working out every single day. They're working it out every day. They're hungry to know how to do what they do to make them professional versus every other variety. Because every boy that loves baseball wants to be a major leaguer. But every boy doesn't have the same hunger as a Nolan Ryan or a Daryl Strawberry. Or I could go on and on naming some, those are some old people, (laughs) baseball players. But, you know, they, they did that. They learned how to do that with a lot of time and practice. 
Some of them got caught doing steroids to get there quicker because they weren't willing to take the time and practice like some of the others naturally had to do it. I'm asking you if you're hungry today. The turf portion of our spiritual menu represents the firm foundation found in Christ alone. Matthew 6.18 has something to say about that. Because he is our cornerstone. The rock upon whom the church is built. Here it is. Matthew 16.18 Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church and the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now pause there for a moment, Japheth. Who is the rock? It's Jesus. It's not Peter. Peter, the, the, a better translation would be that it means small stone. So you're a part of the process upon which I'm going to build this church. Because you'll be, you'll be part of it, Peter. You know that Peter was the one that went to the household of Cornelius. So he really was one of the first to be preaching to, teaching, if you will, the Gentiles. Whether he intended to or not, he was. And they got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, didn't they? So, that's Christ speaking to Peter. But he's telling him that he was the foundation. Some of you are sitting here this morning and you're worried. You're thinking about, you're seeing the high gas prices. You're thinking what's going on in Ukraine. You're thinking what's going on in this place and that place. And you're, you're thinking that, that your economic position is becoming so far degraded. You're not sure how you know. You're thinking about your retirement. Am I going to make it? How am I going to get through? If you're firmly planted on the rock Christ Jesus, if you will seek Him First, He takes care of the things that surround your life. If you're firmly positioned with Him, these things that come into your life, because they're going to come into your life. In this world, you will have trouble or tribulation, John 16.33 says. In this world, you'll have tribulation, but... Be aware. Be aware. Be convinced. You serve a covenant-making God. And He has covenanted that you will overcome. Because Jesus said in John 16, 33 again, I have overcome. Past tense. That was before the cross. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. He said, I'll build my church. I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Look at your neighbor right now. Tell him, you're the church. You're the church. It's not these walls. You are the church. And he's talking about you when he says, I will build my church. (laughs) Isn't it good to be God's child? Yeah, yeah. Some of you parents in here right now, this is my child. 
You have a child, and this is my child. There are days you may want to... Let's move on. If you've built your life on some other foundation than Christ Jesus, you're going to find yourself coming up short. If you're just living the sampler life platter with Jesus, you're going to find yourself in rocky places, in in desperate valley situations, and you're not going to know how you're going to get through it. But if you'll plant yourself firmly on Christ Jesus, you can rest assured that whatever comes to your doorstep, there's nothing that can come to your doorstep that He won't get you across the threshold. The only eternally safe foundation is Christ Jesus. He's the only terra firma you can trust fully. You plant your feet on Him, you can trust Him to get you over. Plant your feet on the solid ground of Christ Jesus. I didn't read verse 19. Let's have verse 19, Jephet. And I will give you the keys. How many have keys to your houses? Lift your hands up if you have a key to your place of residence. I'm just sampling, seeing who doesn't have a key. Really, I'm just sampling who's listening to the preacher right now. If you have keys, you have access. Still with me? Come on, y'all can preach this or now. You can preach this. If you have keys, you have access. Here's Jesus telling his disciples, speaking directly to Peter, who just said, by the way, Peter just said, Thou art the Christ for you King Jamesers. The Son of the living God. And Jesus responds to him, Flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, Peter. But I, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost has revealed this to you, Peter. Somehow, Peter, in your fleshly human ignorance, you've managed to get a hold of a, a foundational principle on which you can build your life and in which the kingdom of God or the church of God will be built. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Some of y'all need to start forbidding some stuff. And some of you need to get away from the sampler platter and Get some surf and turf now. Because whatever you permit will be permitted. Why don't you permit more of Jesus and his ways? I want you to hear this passage of scripture. It's from 2 Timothy 2.19. But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone. With this inscription. All right, so listen to me. There's one rock. Do we still have the Ebenezer? Yep. There's another rock. So foundation stone. These are these have inscriptions on them for for reasons. Those of you who are new to us, you're you're definitely not going to know what 
know what the one down front know, uh, means. But this one up here, if you don't praise him, I will. It's taken from the passage that when Jesus was instructed by others, you ought to tell these people to be quiet. They're calling you Messiah. And Jesus said, if they don't say it, the rocks will. So it's never going to be said in this church. In this stone. But the stones have a point. They have a representation. We have a foundation stone here at the church. The church building right out there on this front corner. There's a stone that says it was erected in 1966. This sanctuary and a portion of the building was erected in 1966. It has a purpose. It tells something. It tells a story. Listen to this scripture again, understanding that point. But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are His. Say it with me. He knows who are His. He knows those who are His. The Lord knows that. And all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. It's time for you to not permit some things and to permit some things, other things. Make your decision. If you're one of His, you're on the turf you need to be on. The Lord knows those who are His. Isn't it good to be His? But choose your restaurant wisely. If you hunger and thirst for God His way and His ways, you have to go to the source, don't you? And you know He's the source. So there's no confusion on this. I'm not the source. He's the source. However, something you need to understand. He provides people who He gifts with certain capabilities. I don't know if y'all noticed this this morning. It happened in front of your eyes, whether you noticed it or not. But did you notice what happened with uh, Kayla this morning? Did you notice what happened with Kayla? Because she was singing for a, for a while, wasn't she? She's up here singing. She's part of the worship team. She was singing. But something happened, didn't she? Didn't it with her? Because ultimately, Alexis, who played the drums for the bulk of the service, his father is a pastor and he has to be at his church and help them with their worship. Or, I don't know, he could be going, I think he's going way off somewhere. So he has to leave. But did you see Kayla step back in there? See, God gifts some people in certain ways so that they can help you as you walk in His presence or desire to walk into His presence. He gives preachers like me to bring you a word that will encourage you and will strengthen you. He gives Sunday school teachers like Sister Wavina so that they can give you a word and teach you how to walk with Christ and walk upright with God. And and, and He gives others in all the areas and all the departments that make up the church so you need to go to the source where you can be fed and listen to me some of you are watching this online it's time for you to stop if you have other means watching online get your butt in the church 
where you can be fed, you can feel the presence of God, you can experience His nearness, you have the corporate fellowship and, and worship that helps usher in the presence of God. And God provides that for your spiritual health and well-being. We preach Christ a firm foundation upon whom which your life can be built. And if built properly, you will withstand any storm, any circumstance, any situation. Whatever the devil tries to throw at you, you can say, don't matter. I'm built up on Christ Jesus. I will stand. Got to go to the right source, but... You don't go to Billy Bob's Barbecue Bonanza to buy fettuccine Alfredo. <laughs> Ain't that right? Carabas can make a steak, but I ain't buying it. I don't go to Carabas, a place named Carabas, to buy a steak. Right? Give me some chicken brian or masala or even veal masala. And you give me carabas, they'll hook you up with that. I ain't trying to buy smoked ribs at carabas. Right? I know, I know, yeah, I know you can buy a steak at carabas. I'm not trying to discourage you, but listen, if you want a steak, people, Go to Texas Roadhouse for Pete's sake. Or Longhorn. Now you get yourself a steak. Even Outback, they'll make you a good steak. Mm hmm. Glory to God, hallelujah for Longhorn. They got a 30-ounce ribeye or T-bone porterhouse you can buy there. You can share it if you want to. Yeah. If you hunger after God, the Bible says you will be filled. That's our lead scripture. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. So how do we hunger though? I mean, we, we know it in the natural circumstance. <laughs> Some of you right now know it in the full. Right now. You're thinking I'm hungry. Maybe even your stomach is growling. Right now. Because I've been talking about paella and surf and turf and all of that stuff. A big old steak. Some of y'all ready to say amen and hit the door. Yeah. Hungering after Christ just means you want to be with Him. I have to separate this for you because there is a difference. It's described by others as seeking His face or His hands. When we seek His hands, we, we want stuff. Jesus, take care of this. Jesus, take care of that. 
But when you seek his face. I live to worship you. I love, I love. I love your presence. Oh, I love, I love. I love your presence. That's seeking his faith. That's not asking him for something. That's not coming to him because you need something. It's coming to him because you want to be with him. Now, every one of you that have ever been in love know exactly what I'm talking about. In the earthly sense, you know the difference. There is that when you're with someone out of convenience or out of necessity because you need them or need something they provide. And then there's that which I just want to look in your eyes. I just want to be with you. All of the peripheral stuff doesn't matter. I just want to be with you. I don't care if we're in a boat. I don't care if we're in a restaurant. I don't care if we're in a car. I don't care if we're on a sidewalk. I don't care if we're sitting in the grass. I want to be with you. You know the difference. That's hunger. That's passion. And I'm asking you today to draw on your passion for Christ And stop sampling a little bit of Him here and there. Just stop it. Some of you are, you're, you're, you only know spiritual life in the sampler platter version. You only know of just getting a little bit of Jesus here and a little bit of Jesus there, a little bit of the Holy Ghost here, a little bit of God over there. Stop it. Start pursuing Him. For who he is, not what you can get out of it. I can tell you the fringe benefits are amazing. But start sampling the full-on surf and turf with Jesus. Start doing that. We struggle with our... So our, our prayer life and our worship life is what draws us close to. Now, we provide the church services that should help you usher in His presence and and you to sense and feel that He's near you. That should happen here. But you got to have more than what we provide. You need daily sustenance, don't you, to eat, to live? You're not surviving on what little you get in this hour and a half, two hours on Sunday. You need more. Don't sample God. Jump in with both feet on a firm foundation and begin to build your life around Him. He will sure up everything that you put your hands to if if it lines up with what He desires for you in your life. I want to close with this verse from John 3, or 3 John, uh, chapter 1, verse 2. There's only one chapter, but it's 3 John. One, two. And here it is. And I want you to think of this. I want you to think of this. I, I know that it was written by John. But all scripture 
is given for us to build our lives. All scripture, not a little bit of scripture, but all scripture was given to build, strengthen, fortify your life. And so when you read this now and you hear me read it, stop thinking of it like it's something that John wrote in a letter to someone. But it's a letter from Jesus to you. And hear the first words. Dear friend. I know it's a translation. But it's it's exactly the way it's supposed to be. It's written how it's supposed to be. Beloved. Would be another word that's used in another version. Beloved. I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are in strong in spirit. He doesn't just say in spirit. He says are strong in spirit. Jesus is talking to you this morning. I told you I'd give you some breathing holes, didn't I? You might get a little bit bruised and battered along the way. There maybe was a little blood splattered along the way. But now, are you hearing it? Dear friend. Beloved, I wish above all things. I wish that you would prosper in your body, your physical body. Do you know your physical body includes your mind? I would that you would prosper so that you would be mentally, physically sound like you are spiritually strong. Would you stand to your feet? As you stand here this morning, some of you, it's entirely possible that that you're here and you do not have a relationship with Christ at all. Or that it's become so weakened that it feels like it doesn't exist. It's possible that as you sit here this morning, you've heard all of this message. It was really for believers. But the reality is, If you're not in a right relationship with Christ, if you don't know Him as your Lord and Savior, then you, you're going to struggle. And I don't want you struggling. I would desire that you would close your eyes and bow your head for a moment. Please, nobody looking around and nobody chattering, but all listening. If you're here right now and First, you fit in this category. You've never asked Christ to come into your heart. You've never asked Him to forgive you of your sins. It doesn't matter if you've attended a church somewhere sometime, even this church. Even if you've been here a hundred times, if you've never actually asked Christ to come into your heart or asked Him to forgive you of your sins, then you're not in a right relationship with Christ. And that means that your alternative is hell. 
And I want to snatch you from the fires of hell today by showing you the way to Christ Jesus. Or perhaps you're here this morning and you once walked with Christ. You had a vibrant and good relationship. Or at least you had a good, uh, a solid relationship with Him. But today it's not the case. If that's you, you need to turn that thing around. And the final category of people that I want to speak to this morning with this is, you know that you are sadly lacking in your relationship with Christ and you've let a lot of stuff get in the way and you've been enjoying the sampler platter far too long. If you fit into any three of those categories, I want you to lift your hand right now. Any three of them. Come on, be honest with yourself and the Lord. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Now you can open your eyes and I'm, I, I'm going to make what was an easy thing hard. If you are not in a right relationship with Christ for whatever reason and you want to change it today, would you be willing to walk out of your seat and come forward so that we may pray with you today? I want to help you. You know, normally the whales would never get that close to humans. Normally they would never be that close to humans in those circumstances. Chainsaws running to cut the eyes. Normally they would never do such a thing. And perhaps you would even say, normally I would never come up to that altar because I don't want people to think whatever people may think. Stop worrying about what people think. There ain't none of us going to look you in the eye on the day you stand before Christ Jesus. Nothing that we think is going to impact that moment. Only what Jesus knows. And the time and the moment He writes your name in that book, which represents that you will be in heaven, is the moment you say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I need your forgiveness of my sins. That's when He writes your name down. And in that moment, when you face Him, He will say, come on in. And if you have a question mark on whether or not he's going to say yes, come on in, remove it. Come down to this altar right now. Erase the question mark. Put an exclamation point on it. Say, I know that I know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If there's any doubt, if there's any question, remove it today. I don't care what church you've been in. I don't care who you've been with. I don't care what your past is like. If there's any doubt, Jesus says... All are open and He has already made the sacrifice. You cannot have sinned too big for Him to forgive you. I'm waiting a moment longer. Come. If you don't know Him as your Lord and Savior. If you're watching online, ask Him to be your Lord and Savior. Pray this prayer with me. I'm going to pray with these ladies who have come forward. Ladies, I know that you're here and it's a private moment. It's between you and the Lord. But I want to help you to erase any question marks 
I want to help you. Maybe you're still sitting there. Maybe you're watching online. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. At this moment, I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins, all of my wrongs. I commit them to you now. Thank you, Jesus, that you did not stay in the grave. But you were resurrected. And now serve as my Lord. I commit my life and my way to you. From this moment, I'm yours. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer and you meant business, that means you're good with God. Um, after you're done hugging, which hug however long you wish, because it's a it's a wonderful day of celebration. you don't mind just make sure she's introduced to that couple standing over there would you please and they'll help her out I have had an amazing day it's been great to be with you I trust that you will enjoy some surf and turf today and I don't really care that it's the human physical variety you know that I'm talking about you and your relationship with Christ Stop sampling Jesus. Dive in. Get all you can of it. God bless you. Love you folks. I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website www.centralfamily.net or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel, not only to the Lehigh Valley, but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ, you can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.